one forever alone is a story-based podcast and a work of fiction based on the novel one by j.a larock you can find this podcast on himalaya spotify itunes and wherever else podcasts are found and now chapter five nightmares descent It didn't matter anymore, the mystery of what was unfolding before me. All I cared about was reaching home as fast as I could. I didn't show it, but I often worried about my mother as much as she worried about me. I remember the look on her face at Dad's wake. People we hadn't seen in years showing up, not out of love or even respect, but obligation. My mom spent more time comforting and consoling those pretenders than grieving herself. Perhaps that's why she was not able to heal, as Ashley would say. My bike could not move fast enough. The feeling I felt rushing home, it was familiar. The cold air, the silence, the helplessness, Driving to the hospital the night of my father's accident, there was nothing I could do but sit there, looking at my mom's face. I don't even remember my thoughts from that night, but I knew deep inside that something horrible had happened. My mind tried to deny it, but again, deep down, I knew it was true. That feeling, that day rushing home, It told me that everything was starting again. It told me something horrible had happened. I pulled back into the garage. Nothing had changed. The lobby was still empty, quiet. The elevator was there as if waiting for me. The ride up was agonizing. My mind screamed, but I remained silent. I reached my door. My hand shook as I opened it. The rush of air from the apartment brought something else. A smell from earlier. Of coffee. When I left the house, I remembered smelling mom's coffee. I remember thinking she was in the kitchen having breakfast. The scent gave me a small boost of hope. I called out. Mom? Are you home? Ashley? My inflection was more hope than a question. Receiving no response made it harder for me to open the door to the kitchen. My mom always sat at the island in the center of the kitchen. It was dad who designed it. He was a chef of the house and was always proud to show off his culinary skills to anyone who came by. Mom would sit at that same spot every morning, just staring ahead at the stove. Before, Dad would be there cooking something for everyone. Since his death, Mom would just sit there, alone, drinking coffee and eating toast. I called out again. Mom? It wasn't a yell, but a whisper. My voice echoed through the room. I knew the answer before the door was fully open. There was nothing. 
The kitchen was as empty and as quiet as the lobby. I was going to turn and leave when I saw something from the corner of my eye. A small white plate set on the island. I could see the half-eaten toast from the doorway, but that wasn't what caught my eye. The track lighting from above the bar caught the reflection of a broken coffee cup that had shattered across the tile floor. My eyes focused on the way the cup had shattered. I couldn't help it. My mind saw a puzzle and it would begin working on explanation. I walked closer and I had the solution before I reached the island. Mom had the cup in her hand when she dropped it. It fell straight down to the floor. What I couldn't figure out was when this happened and why. I knelt down and brushed my fingers through the spilled coffee. It was cool, but I could tell it was recently made. The next question was what did she see or hear that caused her to react like that? The television that hung from the cherry oak cabinets was turned off. There was no sound from the radio. Another question entered my mind, bringing with it a glimmer of hope. I ran from the kitchen darting up the stairs. My thought was that perhaps this event happened just as I left. Immediately my mind tried to reject that theory because the evidence showed that it would be impossible to evacuate the city that quickly. If anything, there would be police or military left behind for those who got lost or didn't hear the evacuation order. I tried to push reason to the side as I reached mom's door. It was closed. I could feel my heart racing in my chest. Mom, can I, can I come in? Something's happened. They evacuated the city. I, I think there was a terrorist attack or something. All I wanted at that moment was to open the door to my mom yelling at me for not waiting for her to call me in. I pushed the door open in haste, and what I saw I was already becoming used to seeing. Emptiness. My mom's bed was unmade. Normally she would wake up and head downstairs for breakfast, shower, and then make her bed. She would never get up later than eight. Even if she was sick, she was often up by six. Embrace every minute of the day, that's what she used to say. I wonder if she still embraced it after dad died. She still awoke every morning bright and early, but the brightness in her had dimmed. My eyes locked onto my mother's laptop. It sat on the edge of her pillow. It would have been plugged in if she knew she wasn't gonna be using it for a while. There was nothing in her room that told me that she was in a panic or a rush to leave. I didn't understand what that meant. Or maybe I did. I left her room and quickly checked to the bathroom, but it was also empty. It didn't look as if anyone had been in there since I had showered less than 20 minutes ago. All that was left was Ashley's room. Already I was expecting the worst when I tried to turn the knob to her door. It was locked. Rage and hope are strange partners. Ashley, open the door! I screamed out as I banged on the door. Anger and hope died, and despair was born when I received no response.
Ashley would often lock her door and stay in her room for hours. After Dad died, she spent even more time alone, and I never once heard Mom talk to her about it. She was secretive about people going into her room, especially when she was not home. With all her protests, Mom never allowed her the ability to lock her room door from the inside when she was not at home. That revelation resurrected hope, and anger lived again. This isn't a joke, Ashley. Something really bad has happened. Mom is gone. It's like everyone is. My voice shaked. I didn't know if it was the fear of what I had witnessed so far, or the frustration of knowing that someone had to be inside. Maybe it was both, or maybe it was that I was already losing control. I didn't realize I had begun to break her door down just with my fists. My heart was racing. It wasn't fear flooding into my mind. It was the rage taking over. Don't you ignore me, Ashley. Not now. Open the fucking door. I didn't care about remaining calm anymore. I needed to find someone. Anyone. I needed the nightmare to end. One kick was all it took to knock the door from its hinges. There would be plenty of time to apologize once I found them. What I saw was impossible. Ashley's room, like Starbucks, like the kitchen, like my mom's room, was empty. When we first moved to the building, there was much debate over who would get the second room with a balcony. Ashley argued that because of my love of computers and reading, that I didn't need access to the view and the freedom that the balcony provided. I didn't have to say much. I was older. And I told them soon I would move out and then Ashley could have the room. She didn't talk to me for weeks after that. Ashley's room was in a permanent state of disarray. Honestly, I believe that's why she wanted to keep people out of her room. Between her clothes and the posters, there was not much visual open space on the floors or the walls. She had a fine view of Lakeshore Drive from her window, but it was partially blocked by a poster of some boy band. My search of Ashley's room turned up nothing. She was nowhere to be found. Her closet was filled with clothes and various items, and there was no way for her to fit underneath her bed. No reason to check. I looked back at the door and confirmed that it would be impossible for her to have locked it from the outside. I didn't know this until that moment, but she had installed a small latch on the inside of a door. It swung broken from the door, but it was clearly attached. Her window did not open because we lived on the 23rd floor, so it would be impossible for her to leave from there. Also, the poster was unmoved, still blocking the view. I wanted to rip it from the wall as I walked towards it. Then I saw it, laid out before me. I pulled the poster from the wall and stared out the window in disbelief. There were hundreds, thousands of cars spread out across Lakeshore Drive. None were in motion. From directly in front of the building as far as I could see, there was a massive chain of car accidents. 
There were violent crashes that would definitely be fatal, and others that looked as if the occupants just allowed their cars to roll off the road. This was not an isolated incident. I stared across the landscape. The only thought that pushed its way through. Was I the last person left in the city? Next time. Chapter 6.